Welcome to Straight from the Author, a podcast that gives you a front row seat as leading authors discuss their books at a Warren Public Library. A few words about why I wrote the book. As you can see, there have been many, this Dibrava has been a very special place for many, many, many people, not only from this metropolitan region, but from areas well beyond it. Five generations of Ukrainian immigrants have gathered there for over 60 years, right? For picnics, festivals, camps, sports events, family celebrations, and bonfires. Today, there is only a handful of us who remember how it all began. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book. And what it took to make it such a special place for so many people. When I started the book, I knew that every piece of land is a product of everything that took place on it. Everyone who had lived there, worked there, played there, left their mark on that territory. So I decided to trace Dibrava's history all the way back to its earliest beginnings. Right? Back to the Native Americans, back to the first homesteaders in the 1800s, and everyone that followed. And that part of the story is in the first part of the book. Ukrainians arrived on the scene in the mid-1950s, when members of PLAST, the Ukrainian scouting organization, purchased the land with the lake. From that time on, there were three key players that played such an important role in Dibrava's development and growth. First, PLAST, the Ukrainian scouting organization, with its annual summer camps, with jamborees, gatherings, and events at all seasons for all ages. The second, Chadnik, the Ukrainian sports organization, with decades of ongoing soccer and volleyball games and tournaments attended by many, again, from near and far. And third, Mother Nature, in her untamed beauty, vegetation, and spring-fed lake, all with which served as a refuge not only for people, but also for a vast variety of flora and fauna. Many of these were described in two books, one written in 1959 and one in 1964, by a remarkable woman who was an ecologist way ahead of her time, Dr. Sofia Parfanovich. She wrote two books about Dibrava. I have translated segments from her books and included them in this book because they deserve to be read. In this book, I tried to touch on many facets of Dibrava, as many as possible. And so there are stories about its inhabitants, residents, and visitors. There are sections which describe the natural environment and familiar landmarks. There are fictionalized stories and legends. Yes, the Thompson legend is in the book. <laughs> Plus a sprinkling of my own poetry because some things can only be expressed in verse. What couldn't be expressed with words is visible in the images portrayed by my sister Duba. And in my daughter Marta's photographs, you have only a sampling of her sensitive and perceptive lens here. I should mention that uh, at the book table, there are cards with some of the images from the book, if you're interested. Finally, I wrote this book not only to preserve memories of the past, 
but to invite the current Ukrainian community, especially young families, to treasure this legacy and to keep it alive for future generations, with the hope that Dibrava will always be a special place where community, traditions, and Ukrainian identity will have a safe harbor and home. Before I open to questions and comments and so on, I would like to read just a few passages from the book, if you will bear with me. A taste. <laughs> this is from the prologue. Everyone has a special place where they feel at ease, free, and happy. It can be a backyard, a forest, a secluded corner where you breathe more deeply, set down your burdens, and let go of cares and concerns. For me, that place has been Dibrada. To translate its Ukrainian name as Oak Grove just isn't enough. Lost in translation is the subtle richness of meaning, the mood, the warm familiarity that fits like an old shoe. For over 60 years, this little corner of the world has been a summer refuge for generations of Michigan's Ukrainian community. It is impossible to describe all the roles Dibrava has played in the lives of so many who walked in its woods, swam in its waters, and grew in its unspoiled natural environment. An outsider could never understand what made this ordinary mosquito-ridden plot of land such sacred ground. It was our place. Behind the gate that kept out unknown intruders, it was our safe haven, an offshoot of our homeland. The lack of amenities and its primitive wilderness merely added to its charm. When living in the country became a popular trend for urbanized, the land around Dibrava was grabbed up by contractors and rapidly transformed into suburbia with mega mansion developments. The farm next door was sold and converted into a public golf course and metro park. Manicured fairways and perfect greens replaced the fields which we once helped, in which we once helped ourselves to corn and wild grapes that rambled on that, remember the wire fence? As the surrounding area was developed and cultivated, our isolated woodland became a precious constant. It remained unchanged and unmodernized even as we ourselves grew up grew older and grew different. Only the pines got taller and thicker, shedding their lower branches to make room for new underbrush. The lake reflected the setting sun and our thoughts, just as it had for decades. The weeping willows along the shore swept their tresses along the water surface, nodding in agreement, pleased that we were back again. They were the omnipresent elders. Dibrava was the stabilizing element in our lives, and that's why we kept coming back. Another segment I'd like to read is from a chapter called The Cast of Characters, and this particular section is called My Inner Circle, and this is my personal take and what I really cherish about the place. I became a Dibrava resident very early in the game, 
fell in love with the place at my first plast camp when we slept on straw in the loft of that old red barn. Then came Tabare camps in army tents at the far end of Zeleniyad, where I was at first a Yunachka, a Girl Scout, then a counselor, and then a Bulava member. Plast camps provided far more than survival skills. They taught us ideals and principles that guided us through our lives. They taught us the value of every living thing, and they opened us up to the wilderness and mystery deep inside ourselves. It was at the Brava Plast camps that I discovered my own humanity, fell in love, grew into adulthood, and then watched my children develop and grow there. Outside of Plast camps, I had opportunity to spend summers in the tiny room of the old motel, in the lower quarters of the new motel, and ultimately in the barrack that my in-laws had and where we now reside. In six decades, I have witnessed the ebb and flow of people at every stage of life, growth and decline, change and stability. I have experienced Ibrava as a kid, as an adolescent, as a young adult, as a parent, and now as a grandmother. And when I open my treasure chest of memories, it's a sensory explosion. For the eyes, visions of sunlight shimmering on water, sapphire skies and marshmallow clouds, lily pads and cattails, heartwarming familiar landmarks and faces, so many faces. For my mouth, the taste of burnt roasted potatoes dripping with butter, varaniki with fried onions, wild mushrooms, mint tea, kisses, and wine. For the nose, a flood of scents, lingering smoke on clothes from the bonfire, copper tone lotion, the musty greeting of the barak, the earthy fragrance of pine sap. For touch, the velvet softness of moss, sand, and mud between my toes. The sting of nettles and burrs, the itch of poison ivy, and the invigorating silk of the lake water. And for the ears, the symphonies of bird songs, cricket shrills, frogs mating with their choruses, fire crackling, a night train whistle, silence and stars. All these are magical moments where connections between people, earth, and everything become interwoven, crystallized, clear. We keep them alive in our hearts, knowing that wherever we go, we bring our inner selves and our histories with us. We live with the awareness that if we allow our past to be wiped out, we will have no future. Our lives in the United States were largely centered on our close-knit immigrant community. Our urban homes were decorated with Ukrainian artifacts, embroideries, and folklore. And our traditions were fervently observed and passed on from generation to generation. These were our walls of protection. Outside of them, wherever we wore our heritage on our sleeves and defended it staunchly, we were foreigners, displaced persons, outsiders. But on Dibrava, amidst nature and our own kind, these walls came tumbling down. 
Here we were accepted and welcomed. Here, child and elder, teenager and parent, lover and foe, poet and engineer, Ukraine and America could all find a meeting place. Here, everyone who had a story to tell could find someone who was a good listener. And many of those stories are in the book. One more short thing, okay. Whatever roles we played in the city, in our homes, in school, in our jobs, all those masks were left behind when we stretched out on the sun. Here, in familiar and comfortable and comforting natural surroundings, nature won out and our personalities became open and unassuming. Here, we were truly free. Okay. The Dibrava Diary is not just my story. It is also the story of most of the people here today. Ultimately, it is a tale of anyone who had ever had to leave their homeland and resettle in a new land. I know that much of this tale remains untold. So, I invite you to share your own Dibrava stories with families and friends and keep those memories alive and create new ones. During the cold Midwestern winters, when summer seems like a distant dream, email me your stories, photos, drawings, and I will post them on dibravadiary.com for others to read and enjoy. Straight from the Author has been brought to you by MyWarn. To hear more podcasts like this, visit MyWarn.org. Again, that's MIWarn.org.